Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Eric. And this week we are going to have a spooky good time as we look at Disney's Haunted Mansion. Uh, you know, a new film that just opened this week, believe it or not, based on a Disney theme park attraction ride. They've never, oh wait, they've done that was... so many times. In fact, this isn't even the first movie based on this ride. <laughs> Do you have thoughts? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it again i think i mentioned this last week but the trailer it, it stuck out to me that they were like from the studio that brought you pirates of the caribbean and it's like yeah y'all really haven't knocked another one out that you can look back on and be like and this too also was successful you know we were watching the trailer for wish before haunted mansion and they were like look at the legacy of amazing stories we've told you and just like hmm well, it is the Disney 100, so they have 100 years to call from. We will be looking at a couple of the past films uh, that have been based on rides. And you know what? Um, they may think they only had one successful one, but I actually like a couple of them. Um, spoiler alert for later. But first, it is the new Haunted Mansion, which has quite a uh, murderer's row of a cast. You can see it in the picture there. Lakeith Stanfield, Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito, not pictured. Well, picture the back of her head. Jamie Lee Curtis is also in this. And so too is Jared Leto. Uh, you know, Eric, usually I make you go first, but I will jump in first today. And I will say that I am a huge Disneyland person. Um, in my married life, we have gone every even year, uh, including last year. Um, we go to to Disneyland. That's just a place uh, that we both love. And one of my favorite rides there is the Haunted Mansion. Um, you know, maybe it's not the most action packed, but it's always fun. Uh, I always do it a couple of times. I love uh, seasonally. They change it to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas theme. So it's Jack Skellington. But I love the old Haunted Mansion. I love the French Quarter, New Orleans Square down there in Disneyland. So I was pretty hyped for this. I loved the trailer, too. I thought I was going to be in for a lot of laughs. And you know what? Spoiler alert. The film is not what I would say a lighthearted comedy. Um, yeah. My wife and I were reflecting when we left last night's screening. It is a lot darker than I was expecting, especially the backstory for some of the ghosts, including the box head ghost. Um, they were quite ghoulish. And in addition to that, there is a huge storyline about loss and sadness and grief and the well of grief and how grief can be all consuming. Those are not things you think about necessarily from a trailer for a movie that looked like it was aimed at children. And, you know, in 2003, Eddie Murphy did the Haunted Mansion movie, and that was pretty much squarely aimed at younger audiences. This, I would say, is not necessarily aimed at younger audiences. There are a few funny and amusing moments and lines. I would say most of them are actually in the trailer, um, but they still work in the film. There, There's one that's the line from the trailer where Rosario Dawson's talking about, it's fine, I'll light a vanilla candle. It's really going to change the energy here. And the little kid's like, but will it? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, it won't. And Lakeith Stanfield, just some of his line deliveries are pretty incredible. But to me, I enjoyed large parts of this movie. Tonally, though, it felt uneven. 
you know, at times it felt like you were getting a comedy. At times it felt like you were getting a drama. At times I would say it almost verged on being a horror film. Um, I also thought it was maybe a touch long. It's a little over two hours. I don't know that it needed to be a little over two hours. I'm giving it a mild thumbs up. I had fun with it for what it is, but I it was not the fun ride I thought I was going to get based on the trailer. So, Eric, did the marketing campaign similarly lead you astray? Well, the marketing campaign, campaign does kind of make you think of the ghost as more of your unicycle riding, juggling, mustache twirling, ca carnival ride, you know, ghosts that you're going to get. Which is pretty much what the Disney ride is. I don't remember <laughs> being on the Disney ride and inferring that some of these ghosts were quite as menacing as they were in the film. Yeah, but like, I mean, you gave a spoiler alert, so I'll just throw out there. Like, there's a point where a child has to to crawl his way because he can't stand up under the floorboards through a graveyard that was built personally by someone where every gravestone is etched by him personally in order to find a skull. And I love that. I, it was like, it was the, okay. So I have, I have very mixed emotions about this, but I'll just, I'll give you the, the nutshell. I really enjoyed my time watching this movie. It felt like watching a lot of actors that I really like doing what they do well. And, you know, Danny DeVito is doing what Danny DeVito does well. Owen Wilson. I miss Owen Wilson. It's like, where have you been? Like, cause this is, this is great. And Lakeith Stanf Stanfield as the centerpiece, like just showing off his range and, and getting to make the serious parts feel serious and getting to make the fun feel fun, which I didn't really, I kind of knew from Sorry to Bother You, but I did, I, that was the part I doubted that he would have the sort of energy needed to pull off some of the more running through the hallways kind of sequences. But um, just everybody, I thought, did a really great job doing something that was comfortable doing what they do. And then you're right. It was, it was like, and I saw Chris Stuckman do this review of this. It really feels like a movie that we don't get a lot anymore, which is like a gateway horror movie for kids who are into that kind of thing. And it's, we don't make a ton of movies like that. You know, there's not like a, I can't remember the last time, like what the release date would be of the last movie that I would consider harmless to a child that has this much darkness kind of in it and i don't know uh, yeah i i just i i had a blast you the time the length of time man it's two hours and ten minutes long and it should have been longer in some places and shorter in some places and i because even at some points like you have daniel levy who is going to be in here yeah. who's a pretty dynamic performer and gets like two or three kind of throwaway lines was what was the purpose or Hassan Minaj. I'm not saying that sequence wasn't funny, but mm -hmm. what was it needed? Was it precisely, you know, or right. was there more to this that they just cut out for time? And, and that's the thing. It comes down to there being like a sort of like a, uh, this I think the making of this movie was treated like it's going to be a show. Like it, the way the level of cameos made me think of like the Muppet movies. You know, it, it just made me think they are meant to pop up for you to go, oh, it's that person. And but then things stuck out to me like Dan Levy has scenes in the trailers that weren't in the movie. 
I only saw him in my showing at the top of the stairs for one scene and then only heard dialogue from yeah. him in another. Basically him playing a song. And they, there are, there's some weird editing in the movie and it reminds me that there are Disney releases including like Marvel movies and all this stuff. Uh, Star Wars, like for several years now, I've been like in the theater noticing weird things and i don't think about it afterwards when i see the movie after it's like on a home release or whatever but i don't notice those weird jarring edits when they're at home but then they've more recently come out and admitted with things like thor love and thunder and with spider-man no way home that they continue to edit the movies post their theatrical release before a home release and the part of that is formatting for home release they do that with movies like all the time it's not new but I think they're starting to just let products go at a deadline and they've still just like, I don't know. I noticed, I noticed right at the end, there's a scene between Lakeith Stanfield and Rosario Dawson and she's standing behind her child. And then all of a sudden she's like touching his shoulder right next to him. And then she's moving past her child to walk up to him again. And I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> but I, I didn't care. Like I, I just, the the sea ghost getting back to the sea. I almost want more of that. I wish we had like two or three at the end of ghosts that they had made promises to and had to pay off their background. Like just there was so much fun here that I sort of can't fault a lot of things. I give it one thumb up. This is no great. This is exactly what I wanted after Oppenheimer and Barbie. This was consequenceless, but heartfelt. There, there are some truly emotional sequences. I think Lakeith Stanfield gets some, but so does uh, the little kid. Uh, is it James Dillon? Zachary Dillon? No, I'm not. I know Dillon's the last name. Now I have to look it up. But um, you know the twist in particular with with the uh, with the younger kid character. I saw that coming from a like a million Chase Dillon. I guess yeah. uh, I saw that coming from a ways off with, with Travis, but he pulls it off really well. And the bond between the two of them, you know, kind of bonded together. There were some beautiful moments in there. Um, you know, it wasn't bad. It was just, I, I would think though, some of the people, if you were watching the trailer and you thought you were just getting like kind of a comedy. Yeah. This might have, thrown you for a loop yeah yeah and then beyond that you have these like little setups and payoffs for every character but some of them they clearly cared more about in the edit than others like uh danny devito going through his possession by the hatbox ghost i feel like it's and his entrance into the household the big, he sort of learns what they're up to and sort of, while like looking for jamie lee curtis he learns that name off screen and suddenly he's talking about them needing to find her and just, but it doesn't really kind of matter. He does such a good job playing a character who just really badly wants to be a part of the ride that it's, you don't really have to do too much convincing or exposition with him. But then you get Owen Wilson, who I, you said you thought that his twist was coming from a mile away. I like the second, like I, in the trailer, I never would have thought twice about it, but from the second he walked on screen and said that he's a priest to the uh, key Stanfield, I was like, all right, we're going to wait for beats one, two and three to pay off. And then they paid off at some of the weirdest times. Like I, I, I wouldn't have thought after going on a field trip away from the haunted house and you come back, that's when your character has like a breakdown. But 
I don't know. It just, they just wanted everyone to seem like they had something going for them. And I think they were like, let's write it and let's shoot all of it on our shooting schedule. And then we'll find the more emotional parts in the edit afterwards and piece it together. But I, you know, I honestly wouldn't even mind an extended cut of this. If it meant that there was like this background movie, you can put on on Halloween. Like this is uh, the same screenwriter who did the uh, female-led Ghostbusters, um, did Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock's *The Heat*. Um, both those movies have extended cuts. I would imagine this will be okay. something similar. Hmm. Well, if they do, I would say that while this did feel like kind of too long in some ways, I feel like if they extend it, it's going to be in places where the entertaining parts are going to be entertaining for a little while longer. So not all extended or director's cuts make the movie feel longer. Like one that I, I love to point out is Batman versus Superman, the Dawn of justice. That movie felt interminable at times in the theatrical cut. The director's cut is definitely longer, but you know what it does? It improves the story and the plot. So you mm. are less concerned about the runtime because you are ride. actually pulled into a story and a plot. And I think there is a possibility that some of the unevenness in this theatrical cut has to do with things that they yeah. had to get rid of that would have, you know, maybe given some emotional beats in other places. So I'll be mm. curious. Uh, I'll be curious to see. Least. hey there's curtis yep felt the script was solid yeah i like again it's it's interesting because it's sort of like good scripts can either be that they were really invested in the story they wanted to tell or really invested in exploring a character there's a lot of different ways that they can be solid and i think this just i mean it did this this hung on a familiar story but did it really well and then cared about characters just enough to like make you want to root for them and get invested. And yeah. Might have been one of the better Jared Leto performances. I don't want to talk about Jared Leto. But well, yeah, probably. Um, as we mentioned, this is not the, digitally replacing. What? the first time that Disney has uh, turned to its theme parks uh, to find some inspiration for films. Uh, you know, they've been doing this for a couple of decades. Uh, you know, in 2003, we famously got Pirates of the Caribbean, which many people see as the gold standard for adapting a ride into a movie. And, you know, it hits some of those interesting scenes from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Although I will say Disney went back and redid the Pirates of Caribbean ride to make it all about Jack Sparrow. So um, it's hard to remember now. Oh, Captain Jack's all over. They redid the the entire mm -hmm. thing. Sometimes it's hard to remember um, how much of that existed before. But that was also the year where we got the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion, which <laughs> exists. Yeah. It's not as bad as I remembered it, but it's, it's also painful. not great. Uh, but in more, in more recent times, we've gotten Tomorrowland, which came out in 2015, which was a Damon Lindelof piece which basically borrowed the idea of an entire land from disneyland but really has not a big connection um to the theme park but has a big connection to having george clooney in it and then uh <laughs> two years ago we got the jungle cruise which if you have taken the jungle cruise 
Dwayne Johnson's one-liners as Captain Frank are basically incredibly spot on. For the I knew it had experience. to be something about the and ride. Have, I was like, why are they, they doing this? They have a bunch of, yes, all those, your tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride. I don't know if you've been to Disneyland anytime recently, but all those, those things, including like the ninth wonder of the world, the backside of water. That's always part of your Jungle Cruise tour and going down the cruise. They're all nothing but puns. And I, I personally love it. It was spot on. So, Eric, I guess of those movies, for me, I'm going to say I loved The Jungle Cruise. I actually gave it four stars. I thought it felt like a modern kind of take on the 1999 um, Mummy, you know, that kind of energy with the back and forth. And I loved that movie, so I was probably the target audience for this. I also loved all those beats that nodded to the ride. I appreciate the original Pirates of the Caribbean, too. And I actually kind of like Tomorrowland, but we have mentioned that I'm a big fan of Damon Lindelof, and I'm not afraid of a movie that's more of a thinker than a uh, than a concrete payoff. But what do you think of previous films that have been based on rides? Well, let me start by saying the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion, I don't think is like offensively bad or anything like that. I think it's just it's just kind of there, you know, and I, I just don't think that if you wanted to watch a scary story or a Halloween movie, you really get everything you want out of it when you watch it. It just feels sort of like a surface level comedy vehicle for Eddie Murphy. Um. But, you know, like, I it's fun. I have this now. And so if I want that ooh, spooky haunted mansion feeling, like, this is going to be my go-to. Like, especially having a younger child growing up, it's like, man, I can't wait until, like, if he thinks this movie's good, like, him enjoying that, that would be such a great idea. But, like, um, I, I got to tell you, Jungle Cruise and Tomorrowland were new watches for me this week. And uh, Jungle Cruise is trying to trying to remember exactly how i put this before it is the mummy combined with another movie i don't remember exactly which one it was i mean you definitely get the mummy with the you know precocious female english scientist who's got her tag-along brother and you got the kind of, well, bra- I mean, they basically. What, what, the thing that kind of telegraphed to me that. Uh, I, this is, this is going to kill me. That my, my, I have a huge issue with the movie and it's that it would have been so much more engaging. I think if they had not hidden what happens with one of the main characters and, and what the true nature of their like goals are to be a twist. I, I wish that that was something like they, they keep private to the public, but that that's something that we knew as the viewers so that we knew from the start what the motivations of the characters are going through it. I feel like it would have been very engaging, but the fact that the, no, you know what? It is the first pirates of the Caribbean because it's the sort of similar of the reveal to Will Turner that Jack Sparrow was once captain of the black Pearl. And to him, he's like, what the black Pearl, those are the bad guys. What are you talking about? You know, there's this beat that they kind of hooked onto. Cause I'm sitting here thinking like, what is the reason for withholding this? When now that you have to like kind of stop in the movie and explain it. And then like, 
feel the connection of these characters, you know, like, and I realized, well, it worked in Pirates of the Caribbean. It worked with Jack Sparrow and Barbosa. And so here's the thing. Universal was so, uh, the mummy was so successful for Universal as a, as a movie, it became a, a ride. And then you have over here a ride that uses sort of the model of a successful movie related to a ride to come back and whatnot. And it just, I couldn't help but feel this thing trying to be these other things in order to be successful. So I, I honestly, I appreciated the performances. It was entertaining. And I, I, you know, it was fun enough to watch, but it didn't like, like, I didn't think of it as like that surprised me and how much I enjoyed it. Like something like Haunted Mansion, because like I didn't expect Haunted Mansion to embrace the horror aspects and like the, ooh, this lady's a murderer kind of aspects of it and then still play it kind of like in a safe, fun way. This to me kind of was like, there's a jungle and there's a cruise and they have to get to the point and here's a twist and we kind of move forward. And so, you know, I I was kind of just neutral on it. But Tomorrowland, man, you could have spent a little more time if you're going to make it an action vehicle to entice viewers in to really get driven into your movie that is so clearly driven by a voice and a message that I really loved and appreciated. Man, I wish I had spent more time to make it more entertaining or engaging. Like you could have had more presence of of an opposing force instead of just having two robots and Hugh Laurie standing there for like the climax of your movie. Like what? Ooh, okay. Long story short, what Tomorrowland is is yeah, the world at large is going into in a ridiculously scary direction in terms of climate and in terms of you know societal interests. But it finally is like, hey, let's stop being pessimistic about that and start asking, what are we going to do to change it? Let's take action. Let's do something. I adore that energy. I don't care that it's coming from Disney or like whatever. Like, I don't like, like it, it tells me again, Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof are two people that I am extremely huge fans of. But that movie you made had like nothing going on in it. Like, it was just people running from one place to another and then yelling about, yes, do it. No, I won't do it. Yes, do it. No, I won't do it. And then it ended like it's almost more infuriating to me. So it's kind of like, like Eddie Murphy's haunted mansion is harmless. This haunted mansion is enjoyable. Jungle cruise is enjoyable and harmless. And Tomorrowland is somehow like wrenched in this spectrum of like admirable and wasted. Like I, that movie- I feel like you might be describing a lot of Damon, people's feelings about Damon Lindelof. Admirable um, and wasted. Scripts. Well, you know, like if you were looking for somebody who was going to be a lightning rod for discussion, so Tomorrowland, he all, he wrote with bird, but also with Jeff Jensen, who was the entertainment weekly writer, who was the one that did all the deep dives on lost, who was like a huge lost kind of fanboy. Um, this was their, their kind of coming together. And this was in that weird period. You know, I think Damon Lindelof had some regrets about lost. I mean, I guess I know he did because he's, he's talked about some of the way things like that turned out. 
he had worked on the movie Prometheus, which is another one where some people dearly love it. Some people are like, what did I just watch? But you <laughs> you have to appreciate like the depth and the art and what they were going for, even if you don't think they they executed it. Then he had Tomorrowland, and then I think he really kind of found his stride going back to more long form doing the leftovers uh, which is an adaptation of a book but then he took it way beyond what's in that book the first season encompasses basically what's in the book and it's it's a show that to me got better and better as you go forward and then what he did taking off and doing watchmen um doing a kind of sequel to watchmen where you expand on a story that I would consider like unexpandable, you know, a story that's on times list of the 250 most influential novels in America. Uh, You know, he expanded on it and he found a beautiful way to expand on it and build on the story and create something that I thought was incredibly profound and powerful. And so when you watch something like Tomorrowland, I think he's like in the, the middle of figuring out, you know, I had this long form story, but it sort of fell apart. I'm doing some of these kind of tight self-contained, you know, in there he had, he had worked on the script for the reboot of Star Trek, which Star Trek 2009 with, with Abrams, you know, him and, and Kurtzman and Orosi that that's probably my favorite Star Trek of all time, which is really saying something because I love Wrath of Khan with all of my being, but I think it's him working things out. I don't think it's perfect. But I knew what I was getting into when I went into that. And that is another movie that I'm going to say the marketing campaign for that was this idea of cool, like sci-fi Tomorrowland world and George Clooney. And it's not that that's not there, but that's not what that movie is. And that's not what that movie was ever going to be. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, Daniel, yeah, to your point. Yes, hopefully we haven't said too much about uh, Haunted Mansion uh, to like ruin the ride of going to see the movie. Just want you to know that it is a ride and it felt worth going on. So. So you just love all five Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I'm just you know what? There's one great movie and there's a couple of watchable movies and there's a couple that I wish they had never made. Yeah, it's sort of it does like a rocky road. It like the first there's like a <clears throat> steep sort of stumble. And then but it's um, still we're in good territory and then we just kind of steadily, you know. Um I will say I want I've always wanted to do a long form video on Johnny Depp's performance as Jack Sparrow and how that was a character created without his idea in mind. And that married what he brought to it. And then after that, the second and third were made at the same time. And they're written with his performance from the first one in mind. And then he marries and meets it. And there's instantly weird differences. Like, why am I sniffing everything? Why am I, you know, like talking about keeping a peanut, like doing like all these little just tiny things where they were like, this works. So let's lean into it a little bit. And that works for some other people. But for me, he has never again been the character that he was in that first movie. And the closest he gets is actually the fourth one to me. But I think when the movie is entirely around him as a main character, 
and you're sort of basing it on a book that's not like really from the ride. And he had, they, it kind of went back to there's a character on the page that's not just based on his performance. But oh my gosh, that fifth movie, he's not even doing the same voice anymore. He's snarling. And technically, if you do the math, that character is in his mid 60s in that movie. And it just, I, it's a it's I, I one one day I'll go into detail, but like there's a, a, a huge thing that Disney needs. It's it's very weird that they have these character actors, the Jared Leto and Johnny Depp, that I don't quite want to put in the same category, but I'm going to, where they have these tentpole characters around character actors, and. there's something to that. And I, I just don't think they've ever quite leaned into that a little more, but then I think they might find some success if they did just don't let them be like weird and methody and mess with the cast and be unethical and all that. Just, just let them be creative. I don't know. Well, we know for sure this won't be the last of the uh, films based on rides. They are supposedly already working on one based on big thunder mountain. And I have to be honest, I love that as a ride. I have no idea how that's working as a movie. They made Barbie and Lego. So I, you know, (laughs) but we've also seen some borderline transformers. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Go check out uh, haunted mansion. And uh, you know what, if you get a chance Check out Tomorrowland, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Not the second Pirates of the Caribbean, but Pirates of the Caribbean also. (laughs) Uh, Next week, uh, it will finally feel like summer because we will be talking about the terror of the water as Jason Statham is back in Meg 2, The Trench. So if you enjoy a good shark movie, and I certainly do, next week will be for you. Until then, we will see you guys at the movies.